live. All right. We're back with the Andrew Clayton show today. Third time <laughs> is, well, I don't know if I want to say it's a charm because everyone's been charming. Uh, as everybody knows, Andrew Clayton's coming off of a fresh new win. Uh, two big shows in a row at Clash on the Coast. Welcome back to the show, Andrew. And, and uh, your girlfriend, Donna, is joining us today. So welcome yeah. to you both. Well, thank you guys. Thank we you. Yeah, we appreciate having us on again. And uh, if I, I'll ask my agent if I can be on the show permanently, but I'm kind of busy right now. <laughs> it doesn't pay very well anyway, so it'd be, it'd be a really you, bad you agent those, if they like recommended you. You need a strong man, so I just you know you kind of fits the bill. So I mean. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, winning two big shows back to back pays a lot, lot more than losing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it definitely pays more than losing, but I was saying, I mean, it pays more than doing a uh, podcast to it. This yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, lots of questions. Um, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. I mean, watching the, watching you perform again was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you're coming uh, off of, uh, what was it? Two years of not competing, correct? Um, yeah. It was 2019 and august and then 2022 in march so yeah a little over two years of no strongman yeah and, and i mean just coming out as a dominant force um i mean your performance at at both of these shows i mean going you know going into osg i mean you didn't even have to do the stones winning it finishing out i mean almost I would say even even more uh, profoundly with the Atlas Zones at Clash on the Coast. Um, I mean, it was like you were you you could have gone all day and and just knocked yeah. out those last. I mean, the intensity of you finishing that event was, I mean, phenomenal. And you know, I'm fanboying a little bit because <laughs> it was it was it was insane, man. And um, yeah, I just cannot congratulate you enough. Why don't you walk us through? I mean, going into the heats. You know, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, behind the scenes. You know, Adana can speak to that. I know our viewers are always curious on, you know, what what the prep is going in, the mindset, um, and how you how you manage the stress and, and everything that goes into, especially competing in weight class strongman, making the weight cut, and then bouncing back and performing at, at, at an extraordinarily high level. Yeah, so uh, I kind of walk through um... – so it was obviously, well, not obviously, but it was my first time at Clash. And I know you have experience there. And obviously, we a lot of people have been watching over the years. So it's usually, it's faster paced, um, multiple day. They restart the points on the second day. So that's unlike OSG. Uh, I guess the field is roughly the same. Uh, some might say it's a little bit more, it's concentrated better, right? Because like the qualifiers are a little different. I would say it's about probably about the same talent as OSG. Maybe there's a couple up towards the top end. You have a little bit more concentrated, but it's really hard to say. Um, but yeah, so you know, obviously, goal is get through get through the qualifiers, which I was already kind of. They don't seed you necessarily, but uh, they, he did randomize based on people that like won won a qualifier versus got other placings or other ways to qualify. So where where I was in the heat was essentially I was the number one seed. Uh, I'm sure everybody kind of expected me to win out of that heat, even though there were some really good guys in that heat. There's probably about four people. Everybody can possibly make it to the finals, but I would say realistically there's four people that were going to make it from the finals. Uh, sorry, I'm hearing my chair almost fall apart. I guess I'm no longer 105. <laughs> you got to lose some weight, man. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually longer than I was when I weighed in because I've been slacking on eating, but because uh, I'm just tired of this eating like crazy, um, you know, after weigh-ins. Uh, but yeah, so we got through, we got through the qualifiers, which I think were a little bit tougher uh, in the sense of just really odd events and just uh, it's just kind of like crazy with like thirty. Well, it's thirty people. It's going to be thirty-one. Just kind of go, 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 and there were different order on events. We didn't know the order of what the, when we knew the events, we knew what order we were doing them in until like literally last minute. And it's like, you know, you gotta change your shoes. You gotta change your equipment. Oh, you're over here over you're there. And, and it's just hard. It's just frustrating. I mean, obviously you adapt to that stress. So I kind of got, I kind of figured I would be leading that. And luckily I was, uh, wasn't as dominant in that as I thought I should be. I mean, I realistically should have probably won every event in the qualifier. Um, but got there with plenty of spares, really a fight for second. Uh, and then the finals, um, even though three of the events were done last year and guys had practice on the dumbbell, I was very confident. I actually did something really dumb. I hit the dumbbell for a double in warmups in my flat. So I wasn't even in my lifters. I didn't even have my proper elbow sleeves on. A little bit of it was to mess with people, uh, but also just that dumbbell feels so good. I wanted this feel what it felt like to drop it and pick it up and hit another rep. So I probably hit two reps in under 10 seconds in warmups. Um but yeah, I mean everything was everything went pretty much according to plan except for the deadlift. Um, it's just uh, I'm kind of losing my train of thought as yeah. I entire. Well, but, but yeah, tell us what happened with the deadlift. I mean, I know you posted about it, and unfortunately, I mean, I didn't get a chance to quite follow up on that. And I mean, for anybody else that hasn't, I know you 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 kind of posted about you know what yeah. happened with the deadlift. So obviously I'm fine right now. Like I'm not fine, but obviously I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm not like in a sling or you know something like that. Um, the show's really fast paced. I, I was smart. I warmed up the dumbbell and the deadlift primarily. I, I didn't, I mean, and we had to pick the yoke the other height, but I don't worry about that. So the yoke. So I didn't really pick the yoke. I didn't pick the keg. I didn't pick a sandbag. I didn't pick a stone. Obviously, no one ever does that. Uh, I really made sure my adducts were opened up because I I figured sumo was gonna somebody's gonna tear their adductor. I am surprised no one tore their adductor. You got 10, you got 12 athletes that don't do sumo very frequently on a sloped surface, running up to the bar and yanking it. And you're telling me no one tore their adductor. I was surprised and poor warmups. Uh, but warmed up to, I think, 405 on sumo. I might have hit something like 545 conventional warm ups. I can't remember. I don't think I did. Hit the dumbbell, like I said, for a double. Felt really warm, felt good. Went out there. I was really fast. I think I was ahead of Dan getting to the last bar and, uh, Pull the first rep, you know, it's out of groove a little bit. We're on a slope ground. My straps probably aren't even. You know, the bar actually had a little bit of whip. I thought it was going to be a little bit stiffer bar. And, I try, and they had allowed us to do uh, just down calls, but not touch and go. So it's like really hard to know what you're supposed to do. So I was like trying to like keep the slack out of the bar or just trying to be a little bit more like catch the, you know, catch the momentum or catch the groove. Sure. And I pulled the second rep and I got to about my knees and I just like felt a pop down the right side of my back. And, I, and it just reminded me of big laws when he tore his lat and it just like felt kind of like that, but I was able to like feel my lat. But like when I went to pull the next rep, it definitely hurt. Tried to coast it. And then the third, so then I, so I dropped it. I restrapped and I pulled again and then I could, it was cramping or just hurting or whatever. So I, I moved my foot back. Um, tried one more time. I tried to like kind of break it off the floor, like really, you know, softly, which is kind of hard to move weight that way. And then I, obviously if I don't have speed off the floor, I can't pull to the mid range. So I kind of was like, shoot. And of course, start rushing in my head like oh man this might be it oh they're gonna beat me because i hurt myself like oh it's about time i hurt myself again because like i've been dominating these shows i thought you know maybe i overtrained and then uh and bobby thompson's like is it emotional or physical and i was kind of like this 
Um, I guess Donna can speak to it a little bit more, but I basically just went to Donna and just gave her a hug and said, I tore my lat. And then my brother, my older brother, Phil, uh, was being way too freaking hype. And he was like, <laughs> I wanted to make sure he knew. So I just went up to him and basically did the same thing. I said, hey, man, I tore my lat. Um, and then his brother, Kyle, kind of like kind of figured it out. Uh, but we didn't really like tell anyone. I got ibuprofen and put balm on. Um, I didn't want anyone else to know. A lot of people go up to people in the contest and, you know, they go up to like the chiropractor in the back room or whoever's there. And it's like, I didn't want to get on some table to like show people I'm hurting. So I just kind of like yeah. sucked it up. Um, and it was like freaking pissed off for the next event. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people just saw you like pissed off <laughs> after that. Yeah, I was pretty pissed like, off. Yeah, yeah. You know, pretty mad, but I think just after telling us, we pretty much knew like him saying that didn't mean he was going to stop. Like it was pretty right. much just like, how can we bandaid this and keep going? So we kind of all just like, were there and just like whatever he needed, just supported mm -hmm. and whatever he said he needed us to do, we did. And just, we knew who's in pain that entire time. So we're just like on it and just, you know, I think to everyone else, it kind of looked a little yeah. like he was just bossing us around, but we were really like all just very concerned that like, he's doing this and he could really be seriously injured. And right. we don't know like at what point it could all fall apart. So we're just kind of like, you know, there to support whichever, however far he can get with that injury being like looming on all, on all of us. And, you know, obviously just being worried, <laughs> like, yeah. like, all right, he has a torn lat. He's going to just finish the rest of the competition. Like everything's fine, but it's okay. <laughs> I will say it probably yeah. isn't a torn lat. I, I yeah. talked to a physical therapist friend of mine, Greg, and, and he, uh, he thinks of some other stuff with the shoulder. I'm not going to get into all the detail. And someone's going to be like, oh, sure. it's not really torn. But come on, man. People pull out of competitions all the time. I mean, I was trying to pull it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm. she slapped me in the face before I did the event. I'm pretty sure I was in the zone. So yeah. you know, it's not like I'm like, oh, man, I, I stubbed my toe. I can't pull the deadlift. Like, you know, but it starts. I mean, obviously, I took ibuprofen and, you know, adrenaline balm on my back, like, a lot <laughs> between every event. And it's moving fast enough to where whatever adrenaline, endorphins, whatever is yeah. going. So, um but yeah, it was really tough because, you know, I, I figured somebody would be a slouch in that event. So even getting four total reps, which was two reps on the final deadlift, would mm -hmm. give me more than one point. I got last. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I could have just wow. done nothing. I literally yeah. could just the event, save my energy. The order yeah. would have been the same for the next event because they didn't reorder till the stones. And I could come out. I mean, not that it would have affected because I won the last three events. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was just uh, very frustrating because I wanted to demonstrate I was also really good at deadlift. I'm... You, know, you can't say what you can do in training, but my my track record shows I, I do the same or better than what I do in training. I rarely do worse. Um, and if it's worse, it's like it's a different dumbbell or a different log or whatever. So I'm very confident I would have hit uh, eight to nine total reps. And I, I beat Dan to the last bar, so I would have had more time. Um, I saw that. he was, You know, he was moving fast, too. And then just you just bounced right ahead of him. I hook gripped. Uh, yeah. Well, I think so, that was it. He had, you know, he was using those figure eights and, yep. and you had, I, it looked like you had just the, uh, what are they? Like the Cerberus, um, Versa grips, Versa grips. Yeah. Yep. No so smart. I got that from Mark O'Connor. I already thought about doing it, but, uh, doing it for sumo, just took a little bit too much time because obviously you're trying to like open up and get your hips close to the bar. And I actually, actually my best sumo pull, I, I hook gripped, uh, in training. I, I think I pulled like, I don't know. 675 or something um so i'm actually pretty good at sumo as far as like a strong man um but yeah so i had tape on my thumbs for sumo uh just in case i didn't want to rip my thumbs up because we had other events i needed my thumbs or just not get blood all over the place uh 
but yeah, uh, that was frustrating. Um, but I'm glad that the other events went to plan. I don't know if you heard the ESPN inter interview, but after I won the first event, I basically said I'm going to win at least three more. So I kind of had to win the last three because that's the only way, mathematically, that's yeah. the only way you can win three more is if you win the last three if you didn't win the second one. So Right. <laughs> so, um, I mean, going back to, um, you know, the injury, having everybody helping you, you know, it really demonstrates how very important it is to have people that are on your side. I mean, having the right people and the right, right mindset mm -hmm. um, in a big competition like this and having – you know, um, the ability to push through uh, adversity, if you will, um, because of that, that support system. You, you want to tell us more about uh, the people that you bring, um, why you bring them and what your, you know, what, what the real benefit is to you specifically with bringing that, that group of people with you? Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll let Donna take over this at least initially. So, so Donna's uh, experience is a little unique. This is her first contest helping me, and she's rel. I don't want to be like mean, like you're relatively new to strongman. Like she's only done one show, so this is. I mean, you're with someone who's like doing a high level show, and like I conduct myself like a professional. Like uh, I didn't necessarily have a super strict itinerary this time, but I mean, I have a plan for yeah. everything I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, if you want to run them through, I guess you could say like before the contest and then. Yeah. Uh, you know, what we did when we were at the contest, what your responsibilities were, things you focused on. Right. Starting from what? The, cut, the weight cut. Mm -hmm. That works. Maybe the drive. <laughs> One of the drives, too, yeah. <laughs> drive. Um, yeah, so, like, we got on the road Wednesday, and he was starting – Those you started Wednesday morning, the weight cut. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to put the sauna suit on in the car on the way, which is, like, three hours, mm -hmm. right? So he had the sauna suit on, and then we're flipping back from, like, heat – and then like taking a break. So I essentially got a sauna on a three hour drive as well. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't do the, the blast to AC on one side and heat on the other. No, my car is not fancy. Enough yeah. <laughs> oh, man. One switch. No. <laughs> but it was fine. It wasn't that I was like, luckily I like heat over cold. So I was like, this is fine. We'll be fine. We'll get through this. So, um, so I think just having my support through that is like, yeah. You know, how many people want to sit in a hot car for three hours? <laughs> but um, then once we got there, you were feeling like, did you weigh yourself when we got there? Yeah. So the weight cut actually yeah. went pretty easily. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly, we were a little yeah. concerned. But then once we got there, you, you have the skill yeah, to actually, weigh. I actually made weight the night before yeah. and had like a protein bar. And like, this is stupid. I do. don't ever do this. <laughs> if you have a protein stick or like a meat stick, it just has a lot of sodium. Don't eat that when you yeah. can't. We have water because it's not yeah. but I end up having a whole Pedialyte and a little meat stick thing and protein bar the night before. I basically just hop on the scale, sip until I got close again. Yeah, uh, yeah she really had, just sweat it out. Yeah, then... she had to help me, like, uh, using like the water pills and all these things are taking effect still. So, mm -hmm. you know, you go in the bathroom and then, like, I took a sweat stick, which uh, I didn't think was going to be very strong. And then all of a sudden I'm like sweating in my bed and she's like having to help me like not be cold because I'm sweating, <laughs> but I'm cold. Um, so yeah, just a lot of support <laughs> behind the scenes and yeah. um, her responsibility is like, uh, calm. yeah, keep you calm, <laughs> keep me calm. But also just like, you know, when you're uh, doing a competition, you don't want to show your competitors that you're struggling. So it's like you're constantly on when you're in, around people. And then when you're in private, you got to be like not on. Um, so obviously I'm never going to let my competitors see that like it, it, it wasn't the hardest weight cut ever, but 
if it was hard, I'm not going to walk out <gasps> like through the lobby. No, I'm walking, carrying a backpack or something. Like I'm making sure they're like, Oh man, he looks kind of normal. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wayne's certainly well, uh, as far as, I mean, she helped with all the errands and yeah. Uh, getting all the drinks prepped. And yeah. The, drinks prepped, getting the lunch, like our cooler packed mm-hmm. and anything I could outsource that she knew how to do. Yeah. I think picking the people based on what jobs they know how to do well. So, uh, you know, she could shop for me because she knows what kind of food they get. Uh, whereas, like, maybe my brother would struggle with that, you know, finding things in the grocery store really quickly. But then uh, he was better at, like, yeah. what certain things you needed. Well, also, just, like, I used to train him. So my, so my older brother, Phil, like, we started off, and, and it's actually kind of cool because we used to go to this YMCA that's about uh, – it went out of business, but the location is probably about three or four miles from where I live now. And they used to think we were, like, freaking goobers, like, coming in there, like, training, doing, like, weird overhead carries and overhead push press out of the rack and only had one squat rack. And, uh, you know, he did a couple of strongman competitions. But, like, here I'm on freaking ESPN. And we're, like, basically, like, walking through the crowd. And like, I'm the guy to beat. And I thought it was really cool because, like, I'm sharing that moment with my older brother who, like, used to drive me to the gym. And we used to just, like, go ham every Tuesday. you doing squats and deadlifts. But he definitely got in my head. And uh, – <laughs> Uh, he definitely always got really hyped. He's all he's this really loud person, um, as far as like when he's excited. So like he's like yelling like, "They're all scared of you." I'm like, "Phil, man, I gotta back that up out there." Like, <laughs> we're, in, we're, in, we're in the athlete area, um, but I think it really helped having like an entourage because I obviously had her uh, kind of keeping me more calm and just like be able to tell her things that like be a little bit more personal with how I'm feeling. Uh, and obviously, I'm like in the hotel room. I'm, I don't have to be like presenting myself as put together. Um, and then I had my brother and his brother there and you know, they're more hype and carrying things and just kind of like, you know, uh, taking up space, even like people don't realize like how intimidating, like having three people tagging around you all the time is. And then my mom and my brother, other, other brothers came out and had signs in the crowd for the final. So like those types of things do mentally affect people. Like when you're walking through a room of like 12 competitors with some of them have their significant others, some don't cause they just don't know how to help them. And then you're walking yeah. through like three people and you're walking after you win an event and just like take up space. Uh, I mean, you can't tell me that doesn't get in some people's heads. Uh, I mean, people, I, I was telling her like George Foreman did that, I think in what in Africa or whatever. And it's just like those things like are things that like fighters do and stuff. They have an entourage that intimidates the other right. team. Um, yeah. But it, but it's but even from a non-mental standpoint, like I needed those people. Mm-hmm. I need her there for like my emotional yeah. support. I needed my brother there uh, because he knows a little bit more about the equipment and he could push me. Yeah. Uh, and then having another hand there um, to be able to you know hold the fan, get the you know get this, run this air. I, I actually yeah. tore my. I didn't plan on wearing those gold shoes for both days. I actually ripped the eyelets out of my shoes I was going to wear for the qualifiers. <clears throat> first, then I needed to tie them, and I was like, run to the hotel room. I got a backup pair of shoes. Thank God. Uh, and I, I was like, I guess we're wearing the gold shoes. I better win the whole thing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's smart. Have backups because uh, I've been to uh, – I've traveled and had to go and, and find a replacement pair of shoes last minute in a town that I don't know, yep. you know, rolling through an Uber. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, do you checklist before you travel? Uh, I kind of have something in my phone. I mean, I've done you it. You got so- on the whiteboard. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Had, yeah, yeah, he had a whole whiteboard of we, everything we needed. Yeah, so I kind of just and then we went to Walmart and forgot to take a picture the of the whiteboard. So then we just <laughs> <moved through. laughs> we mentally remembered it all, which is really impressive because we yeah. only forgot two things. Yeah, well, I don't remember what they were, but but I brought I actually like brought a lot of stuff that I could have just bought there. It's just 
it's good. I mean, I drove there. I mean, it's just being overprepared, you know, just like, mm-hmm. it's really, it's Something hard to be overprepared, but it's like, I wanted, you know, I have everything like the yeah. hotel. They have a microwave. I already have a microwave yeah. in my car. Yeah. So I just carry that microwave up to the room. Yeah. Well, she did, but, <laughs> but yeah, so the microwave's in the room that now. Gotta conserve energy, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what yeah. I, and I ask why if you check this because I've had that conversation with other people before and they think it's crazy. And after I had to go and find like a replacement pair of shoes, like every show that I go to, I put a checklist and I like check it mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. to make sure I have everything. Plus that I overprepare too. Um, like you said, cause it makes it so much easier if I can pack, um, dry goods or food or anything yeah. in my my suitcase, I do it because that's one less trip. It's one less thing to have to worry yeah. about when I when I'm weight cutting and and going into competition. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, huge. all my equipment's on like so it used to kind of be spread a little bit differently, but now since it's in my home gym, it's just like hanging up. So it's really just like make sure I take everything that's hanging up, and then obviously I, I usually just run through the events. Say, do I have what I would wear for this event? But with Clash, I did try to streamline and. I, mean, I still brought a lot of stuff, but like I knew I wasn't gonna have a lot of time to change things. So I basically wore the same cuffs and sleeves in my lower body. I wore my compression socks the whole time. Um, I think Clash did teach me to kind of like get a little better with like switching between events. I actually didn't think it was that bad switching between the events. I think the chaos was more just in the unknown. Like we didn't know the order till the morning. Of. We didn't know uh, the event order till the morning. Of. Like if you had told me that just the night before and I could just think in my head like, oh, I gotta change my lifters to my shoes to barefoot back to my shoes or yeah. whatever the order. That right there would have been enough planning so that I could tell her mm-hmm. or tell my brother, hey, I got to take these shoes off. And I thought at one point I was going to have to, like, have them tie my shoes. And I don't like that because I like there's a certain, you know, certain tension to the shoes and how I tie them. Very, like, I I freaking lace my shoes. I put new laces in and I, like, had to do it myself, right? Like, I had to do it the way I do it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Obviously, we didn't get to warm up the last four events and clash but like who warms up sandbag the shoulder and atlas stones you know you just don't warm those up so everything was extension based after deadlift so if your back wasn't freaking warm already like i don't know it, it was a perfect format for a fast-paced show yeah i mean yeah i think especially when you have when you're going that fast there's less need to warm up because yeah i mean i don't know what it was like this year you know i uh we you know we had tyler purdue on before clash and you know i brought up you know our heat i think there was a couple of heats that we did the the chain drag uh, carry medley, and within eight minutes of finishing, yeah. I was under the bar for the squat. Absolutely zero warm up for a six hundred pound squat. I heard about that. I'm glad we didn't have a squat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I love the fast pace, and I think it's uh, from an entertainment perspective, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's easy. It's more consumable, right? right. Easier to follow. Uh, keep keeps people's attention. Were there any any last minute changes this year? I mean, you said like the order wasn't really known, but anything anything else that that you think could have maybe thrown a wrench into um, your groove or your plan? Uh, yeah. So the order of the events and that were released, he Tyler did keep us pretty well informed, so nothing was like too big of a surprise. And John, I do see you trying to make a comment, so please interrupt me if you don't want to make comments. Interrupt me too. He's he's bad oh. about interrupting because I just like yeah. I'll talk and talk, <laughs> and then we have Andrew. You like and to talk is great. So you need to put it back in your place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, they he I knew that the order for the qualifiers was going to vary based on heats because the other guys said. They kind of said they, he kind of hinted at like it was gonna be like three events and then we'd finish the two at the same time or I don't know. So I was like, shoot, it's gonna change. 
The initial order he gave out was perfect because it was like press, then deadlift, and then the other three. Uh, still ended up being pretty good. I'll go and give a little hot take. I know a lot of guys tore their bicep on the tire. I think that had to do a little bit more with the lack of training the tire and also the event order because um, no one tore their bicep in my heat. So uh, that who knows, maybe event order. Also, I've trained tire before, and I've trained it like a lot back in the day. Like my, before the tire event, I, I, I was talking to my brother because we one time we had, a, this, we had this tiny fiber on my tire, and we did like 50 flips straight on it. I was like, hey, Phil, man, you remember when we did those 50 flips on that tire? He's like, yeah. He's like, they ain't ready for this. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's just like a lot of guys had never done tire. But, um, no, he, he he kept us pretty informed. Um, I don't think anything really changed in the – uh, the qualifiers that he told us before that they would have to change the distance for the yoke. I don't even know if it really changed much. I know it was lighter and I know they took away the, the they took away the last keg last minute. It was going to be three kegs. Right. Really bummer. Cause I really want to do all three. Uh, I don't think it would affect the outcome because I Dude, won that event. Um, but it would have been cool for the crowd. Cause I was ready to go. Very well, fast. I know you turned around and you're like, what? There isn't any more. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I was, well, because I wanted the yoke to be 800. And I wanted the kegs to be all three of them. And I wanted them all to be 50 feet. So I wanted it essentially to be 200 feet of work. And uh, when I was in Arizona with her, I did the whole medley, like exact weights, really hard kegs. She actually had, her and her friend had to take out, uh, it was a sand lead shot mix. The keg was 375. So the base of the bottom of the keg was most of the weight after she took out the like about 40-ish pounds. So it was just lopsided as heck. So I was like, man, if it's, if it's a normal keg, I'm going to blow this event up. Um but I still bobbled one of the kegs. So I was just going too fast. But yeah, I won by like 10 seconds. So I really wanted to like demonstrate um, what speed and athleticism is. I think that's like my goal is just like to show like the art form of strongman. I want it to look effortless. I want it to look good. I don't want it to look like I'm struggling, you know, on the dumbbell. I want it to look crisp. Um, so I think I did a pretty good job. Like I said, the deadlift was the only one I could demonstrate like my grit and a little bit more of like the deadlift portion. Uh, but the events I did, I think I did a good job. But yeah, not too many changes pace wasn't too different tyler said they ran faster than the year prior i was like really because i thought i had enough rest the temperature was great being in march over april for sure yeah. i think it would have been five to ten degrees hotter and i think that would have definitely sucked me down a little bit in energy by about five percent um so yeah it was pretty much ideal and and i got to go in the last heat in the finals which i did earn because i won my heat uh right. but it was drawing from the hat so who knows maybe i go one or two heats earlier uh i don't see one of the times uh but yeah, it basically worked. Everything went perfect other than the deadlift uh, in my favor, and I'm pretty blessed for that. But, but I mean, it, it kind of, I mean, it's a testament to you. And John, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you talk, but I just want to say this last thing. It's, it's a, it is definitely a testament to um, your athleticism, uh, overall strength, uh, being a well-rounded athlete, because you, again, at OSG, you didn't have to do an event. You didn't have to do the final event either. So, I mean, it just shows how incredible an athlete you are. And, you know, and I just want to say kudos to you that, you Thanks. know, you didn't need that event anyway. Right. Yeah. And, well, I mean, all the guys are good. That's huge. A lot of the guys I know you wanted athletes. it, but you didn't need it. A lot of the guys are good athletes. And I feel like sometimes it's me being braggadocious. Like the guys are really good athletes, but like, sure. It's just one of those things where as a competitor, like, and someone with a lot of experience, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like, we put a lot of time and effort to Matt, like, I know I talked to McKeegan and just because what they do in the UK is different. His access, like he didn't have heavy kegs. And we were talking about how that affected his standing. Cause like his coach was like, yeah, just get stronger. It's like, yeah, that works until you're going against someone like basically like me who like knows how to turn the handle and like grab it as I'm walking and already be an extension. Like you can't just muscle it and beat me. I'm going to be like really quick off the, off the grab. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, when you're working against professionals, like you have to, like you have to be on point. Um, and they scared the crap out of me because these guys, a lot of them had access to the equipment, you know, it's gotten better now. So I'm like seeing guys do the five, six keg medley on the toss in the qualifiers. I'm like, shoot, I only have one keg. So I had to drive like six hours round trip and train for three hours to do basically the dumbbell for two sets and the keg. And so it took a whole day off work essentially to just train those two events. Um, so yeah, it's, it was tough. John. Yeah. Okay. So before, so you, you, for one, you did awesome, but we had a question come in from, um, a friend of the show, Yanni, he was the MC. At oh the yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yanni. Everything. Yeah. So he asked, what are the pros and cons of being so passionate on the competition floor? And how do you balance that energy? Like you said, of having to kind of turn it you on. And turn it off. <laughs> yeah. So it's a two part. Cause it's like, how do you yeah. deal with it? And how does she deal with it? Cause right. it's like, it's being very passionate aka yelling and screaming <laughs> yeah that's because you, yeah. you do like you have that switch of like really really intense energy but then you can see it kind of like simmer down as you like walk over yeah. to don well i i told uh uh i was talking to joe because he did podcasts there and interviews and stuff and it's like really compartmentalized like i mean she can speak more to it but like i mean do you really think i walk around yelling and screaming all the time like that's kind of <laughs> unrealistic um so it's very compartmentalized and also i think at times sometimes i walk around or and amped up like it is very personal i do it because i genuinely who i am but like i also know that if you walk by people and show that you're like really in it if they're kind of teetering on like oh i don't know if this event's gonna go well it can kind of knock them off that fence and like they can lose some confidence and i did try to mess with some competitors and uh and some of them did really well. Like they just like didn't break by it. And like I, I think everybody's done. I mean, people have done that to me, you know. And it's just you can tell when somebody's hungry and wants to do well. And I think in the finals there wasn't. I don't think anyone was really there that would be bothered by it. Like if I straight up said like, "Hey, I'm gonna beat you at this event," they're like, "Whatever, I'm gonna try harder than you." But like in the qualifiers, you could tell a couple people were kind of like really nervous. I mean, it's a big show for them. And for me, it's just like another day in the office because like I don't plan on losing. Um, to them, they're just trying to, you know, do, like Bobby had a great speech of like one third of the people here are just happy to be here. There's one third that think they can do whatever. And there's one third that actually can. Was, I, I, those aren't their exact words, but he said that both in the qualifiers and finals. And I think it's so true. Some of the guys in the finals were still just happy to be in the finals. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to win the show, you're not happy to be in the finals. You're only happy if you get first place. Right. Um, and that's why McKeegan and, and Dan, like, you, you know, they might say they're happy, but like, I know they were trying to, you know, best me. And that's why I freaking respect about those two is like, bring it till the end. Don't be this like, oh, I'm happy to be there type person. And neither of them were. So Dan, Dan said, I mean, I mean, we, we were kind of talking earlier. Um, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Dan's too. Dan, Dan's an amazing athlete. I mean, there's a lot of amazing athletes. I mean, you got Ricky, uh, Mojigami, yeah. um, Frankie Pro, Right. I mean, some amazing, amazing athletes, guys that have been in the finals multiple plot times. Right. I mean, Dan's been in the finals, I think, every year since yep. year one. Uh, I think Rick, uh, Richie has two. Yep. Um, and I think this is Frank Frankie's second year. So, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, amazing competitors. And Dan, I mean, I, I thought it was really cool that you and him paired up because he took second at OSG also. Right. And so um, I'm being able to see that. Uh, that kind of face-to-face, man-to-man competition sort of rematch was was exceptionally uh, 
in my opinion, was exceptional, right? It was amazing to watch. And you had you had a couple of good events. I mean, the, the sandbag to shoulder where, I mean, it was basically a tie. I don't know who really pulled up. Uh, so I won. That, but... I, I did showboat and hold the sandbag too long. He gave me the down corner. Basically, was holding it. Did the same thing on the dumbo. It's me yeah. and the showboat, making sure everybody knows I got the last rep. But I was shocked when I watched the video back because I saw him out of the corner of my eye, like, moving quick. And I know he does the different technique on the sandbag. Yeah. And I figured mine is superior. But I did make a couple mistakes. But he also got a lot faster. And at OSG, I think I beat him by, like, five or six seconds to 350. And I only beat him by about a second or maybe a second and a half to 320. So yeah. in that mid-range, I think he's basically perfected his form to be pretty close, if not as good as mine. Um, so yeah, he definitely came close there and, uh, um, I'm trying to think what else he, he came really close on, uh, but, but he's a super consistent. And I told him after I said, you know, it, it would have, it would really suck for me to lose the show if I won four events and obviously the deadlift issue happened. Um, but like, that's how it would, should go because like, even myself, I'd rather get top three, every event or top two or whatever than to win a bunch of events. I mean, that's what I've done in the past. I've just always been really consistent athlete. I do agree with what big law says, like have a weapon event. And I do. And I obviously had some, but like if I won three or four and I lost, that's my own freaking fault for allowing myself to have a weakness. That's like so low that someone else can get basically top three and win. So. I was going to say, it's also having that mentality that you're <laughs> going to win. Like, I think from my perspective, it's like from day, from like, I don't know how many weeks out, it's just like, I'm winning this. Like, this is, this is mine to win. And like every moment is like just having that in his head that I'm the winner. I'm the winner. I'm, and it's like, yeah, we kind of like planned manifesting out. it. We, kinda, we had kind of planned out what we were going to do when we won. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having plans for what we're celebrating when we win and how we're going to do it. And just like, that's what's going to happen. And um, not letting anything get in the way of that. Yeah. She bought like a hundred dollars worth of cigars. So it's kind of hard to smoke <laughs> those uh, if you don't win. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it really was a blessing. I mean, I was dealing with some other things uh, on the way there. That I can't really talk about, but like be able to compartmentalize. Uh, Cause that's kind of like the original question was like, you know, be able to compartmentalize things. And uh, I think that's what you have to do when you're in that stage. And I think people, it does rub people the wrong way when you're loud and vocal. Uh, like I said before, um, it's not how I am all the time. I mean, I don't like yelling, scream at her and stuff. I probably raise my voice just because who I am, I get a little loud. Uh, but like, I think people think that's how I am all the time. It really isn't. I mean, I've been on a podcast and stuff. Like, I mean, my neighbors probably don't realize I'm like a freaking savage and strong man. Cause I'm like the guy that like walks and reads a book and like <laughs> hangs out with my mom's little, like 13 pound dog, you know? And then they're like, what you like? Threw a stone while chanting and yelling and screaming, banging your chest, you know. So uh, it's definitely like a smaller, it's like an alter ego, I guess, in some ways. No, that makes sense. So Donna, like how, how, so you kind of touched on it of like how you handle it and everything, but do you right. just like give him space or is there times where you have to like go in and tame the beast or anything, or does it usually work well, the compartmentalization? Well, I think some, like I, I try to, at least for the competition was amping him up, right? Like be like on that same page, like you're the best, you're going to win. Like telling him those same thoughts he's telling himself through that whole time. But then I think, once that like day one was over, we go back to the room, we chill, we bring the heart rate down. We are like more peaceful and calm and serene to try to just bring everything down. And then like because once on day two, I didn't really want to even compete. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it takes a lot out of you from that first day and you still have to go back and do it again. So it's, 
it's really getting a lot of rest and coming back down from that. And then maybe an hour or two before start amping up again and getting your head in that mindset, getting prepared, getting focused. And just, I think in those hours right before he does like a little bit of space to just like listen, you know, you have certain things you listen to and like, just get your head in the, in the I don't mindset. want people to talk to me. Like I just right. don't want people to talk to me because I'm like right. getting in the zone. So, right. so I think like your, his brothers show up and we're, we're just kind of quiet. We like let him have his space, let him get what things he needs to prepare. Like say, what do you need us to prepare? It just gets very like logical, very like w- get the job done in those like moments leading up to it. And then after the win, again, you like let all that come down and you're just, normal again so it is like a it's just like a shift in everybody and um we're kind of our it was nice we're just like all on the same page of knowing how he is how he needs things to be and being in, on that same page with him um and it's just it becomes more logical and get the job done without really a lot of emotion involved and then afterwards you let yourself feel kind of all the emotions and um the excitement and mm-hmm. um yeah so it, it is we all kind of flow together. It was yeah. it was really good. Yeah. good team. It puts a lot of pressure on me to like obviously do well for them. But that's also <laughs> yeah. like motivation. I think if people had more pressure to like live up to expectation from others as well as themselves, they'd probably do better. You know, I have people that come help me and mm-hmm. like I had a neighbor come help me just do arm over arm. He had to drive the truck because my friend had to help me do the, actually pull the rope out. So my friend's coming, he has a pregnant wife, and then my neighbor is just like, you know, he's he's retired, so he's kind of bored probably, but you know, he's coming and he's and he's helping me do that. And then, you know, she's helping me. And then my brother's coming out. He's having to drive up from Jacksonville and his brother's coming and my family, you know, it's like, it's like, why would I waste all these people's time to come show up? So it seems really selfish. Like they're all about me, but in my mind, like I wish Charmin paid more money uh, because I'm sure you guys know, I donate the charity every contest. And then I actually tip my coach uh, and I, I try to buy gifts for, for whoever helps me train. Uh, so I actually gave my training partner, my glute ham raise because I upgraded mine. Uh, so people think I'm probably like, I don't know. Are we allowed to say dick on the podcast? Probably- say, dude, this is the world's strongest opinion. I mean, yeah. it, today it's the Andrew Clayton show, but <laughs> in, other time, in other times so, it's the world's strongest opinions. And so like everything is game is game here. Like so basically people think I'm a dick. Hard. People think I'm a dick, but I don't think a lot of people like know me. So uh if you uh support me, I try really hard to like pay that back. And if strongly made more money, then people that supported me would make make more money or get more money um that's how i see it it's just unfortunately strongman doesn't make a ton of money and uh clashes didn't have as many sponsors this year um but yeah I'm, I'm really thankful for all their help and i i you know i tried to it was about me for the three four days of prep uh and then after even though i'm a little beat up i tried really hard to make it about the people that supported me and stuff um because they obviously did a lot of work i'm just uh i guess being the guy screaming on espn <laughs> Oh, that I think makes sense. Oh. Sorry, John. I, I just yeah. want to say, like, this is, I mean, this is kind of one of the my arguments um, for more um, athlete interviews. We don't get enough interviews, especially in the United States. You go overseas and they seem a lot better about it. But when when athletes aren't given a platform to speak, that's all you see is that intensity. And that's and and all I think all athletes understand that intensity because when you hit that, when you do something that, that that's really great and you're and you put all that emotion and everything into it, man, it just blows up. Like that's totally mm-hmm. normal, I think, for most athletes, but other spectators may not understand that. And without that opportunity to speak in front of the camera, 
like you, you only get one dimension of the athlete and there's right. so many more dimensions to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep, I keep saying it over and over and over. Every time I talk to a promoter, like you gotta start doing athlete interviews regularly after the events, in between the events before and after the show, like there's so much more to, to sporting in general mm-hmm. than just doing the sport. Right. No, I think that makes a big difference of like seeing the human face of things. Cause I think mm-hmm. there is a lot of like opportunities there of like seeing Laz and Liz are just like wonderful people for strong man. It was great of like seeing the picture she took of you and everything. Yeah. It was really nice and stuff. Cause yeah, it's funny. My wife actually saw your speech after the stone. She was like, that's who you're interviewing tonight. I was like, yeah, he's intense, but he's not like that on the interview. At least yeah. he hasn't been can so you, Can you imagine if he came on here with just yelling for, for an hour? That would actually be a really good interview. I'm just, <laughs> just pacing around the room, just like coming over occasionally. I mean, it's, 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 it's like a personal thing too. I mean, obviously I had certain things I wanted to set straight as far as, uh, you know, who's one of the best 105s in the world. And then, you know, it's just a buildup and like people think you're doing it for the crowd. I mean, we're all kind of just selfishly doing it for ourselves. I mean, I, mean, I get to win the prize money. I get my name on the trophy. Like, yeah, I talk about team and stuff, but it is going to be kind of like me. And it's just, you know, I choose to give back to other people. But at the end of the day, it is still a very much a selfish endeavor. I mean, think about where we could allocate resources better than a strongman show in a parking lot. I mean, goodness gracious, we've got this money of this. There's like, you know, we can, we can go down and be like, oh, there's kids that are hungry and, poverty and stuff but like here we are in a parking lot moving things from a to b so you know i mean i i love strongman but i'm also not an idiot to think it's the end all be all and that's kind of what my whole point of like i guess retiring was is i kind of got tired of like having to prove how good i am at 105 uh i basically set the record straight i don't think anyone with uh a normal level of brain cells should contest me on any of those things and if they do that's not a very wise decision uh, like I said, uh, on another podcast, I said, maybe wait 24 hours before you talk about it. Um, but, um, but yeah, there's more things in life to do. So, you know, have a family, have a career, you know, further business, have better uh, impact on the world as, as far as just, you know, in general, not just like, oh, cool, man. He like yells and stones. I'm really pumped up, like entertainment quality. Like I don't want to just be entertainment quality. I want to like, you know, have some purpose to what I do. Um, and I do think it did help having some messages. You know, I had... I had the don't call it a comeback deal. And, you know, some people didn't like that. And some people salty about it. Like, Oh, Andrew bringing his poster and all, you know, Oh no, here he goes again. It's like, that's a $1 poster that my, my dad picked up and we, I, I used Sharpie uh, before I did the qualifier and it really did motivate me a lot. And it was really cheap. Like think of how much money people pay for like pre-workout and like mindset coaching and all this stuff. I had a poster board in my garage and that thing spoke to me. Um, and then other people have sent me messages on Instagram. Like somebody said their wife went through spinal surgery and like, they wish I had a shirt that said, don't call it comeback. I'm like, oh shoot, I probably need to do that. So like, you know, I, I recognize there's the people that some of the messages I have, like, you know, don't call it comeback, never, never quit. Uh, those types of things, uh, they resonate with a different population than my competitors. So my competitors might see it like, oh, here he goes again with these messages and these rants, like, oh, he's not invited but like everybody at some point in everybody's life, they felt left out or like not believed in. And that's exactly how I felt. You didn't invite me to the first clash. You didn't think I was one of the best in the world, you know, as far as the top 10 to be invited. And so I made sure I beat. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad about Isaac. I mean, I did beat Isaac. He was the, he, he was the reigning champ. But I also beat the champ before that 
in previous competitions. And I also had opportunities where he could have showed up and beat me. So I made it very clear that I'm not the beat. Like if you're not going to invite me, that's going to be a mistake. And I think that also resonates with people is they've been counted out and people have been doubted because we have this world that's based on, you know, where you're at currently, not your potential. You know, it's, it's, Oh, that kid's genetics are better. Let's put him in, in middle school or high school. And you get left on the bench and you're working your butt off and the coach never sees you and you're working, you're working, you're working. And I, and I hope that kid freaking goes in there and just blasts the other kid off the line. You know, I told her a story how I just got my butt kicked in like middle school football. It sucked. <clears throat> and then I just like had to get better until one day I beat that guy. And that's a really good feeling. So that's how class felt. It was like, you, you know, they say you can't come back. They say you're injured. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. And I think that's what I wanted to say. That's that's what I wanted to say with that. It's a bigger impact beyond myself. It's like, if you're that, like, not an underdog, but, like, you're that person that people are doubting, you know, don't believe in, or you're going through some type of adversity, like, find a way to motivate yourself. And it can be as simple as some words on a poster board. And then just, like, do the darn thing. And then one day, it will pay off. And it took me two years to do that. It took two years of watching Clash go on. Well, I was like, man, I know I can win this thing. Man, I know I can win this thing. And either I wasn't invited or I had other things going on in my life. And then it lined up and look what I did. I won the thing. And that feels really good. And that's the like the definition of being human is like delayed gratification. Freaking people talk about it. Just delayed gratification, delay, delay, delay. And then you get it. It's not instant gratification. So there's a lot of lessons. And I know I'm like ranting about it. It sounds probably sounds braggadocious again, but I just think these are really good lessons. I think I, I have to remind myself that if, a certain group of competitors or people in the audience that don't like that. There's a lot of people that really, it resonates with them and they, they like the intensity and they can get some inspiration from it. And it's a positive influence. So whatever negative comments are just such a, a minute number of the comments, it's mainly people that are like, dude, I really felt that dude, that was intensity or like, yeah. We started this podcast, Andrew, just, just to give you like, I'm on the same vein of what you're saying. We started this podcast and and we were kind of a little concerned at first. Like, are people going to, um, you know, accept us or are we just going to get, you know, thrashed? And we decided, you know what? Some people are going to like us and some people are going to hate us. and We can't control that. And so we just we just did it. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. And and you're going to always have that. Right. You're always going to have those people that just you're just not going to please everybody. And then you're going to have those people that really resonate with what you're doing. And I think it comes down to just being you and, and you've been being you and doing amazing things. And um, clearly you're, you've got a, a very, very strong following um, on the socials in strongman in general. Uh, I mean, it's your third time on here. Of course, we're big fans. Uh, so just I mean, <laughs> keep doing you, man. We love it. Yeah, I think people really do appreciate it because, I mean, just by the metrics, like at least on the podcast side, not YouTube is harder to gauge and stuff. But right. you're definitely like one of our one of the like, audience favorite guests. It's like, of course, Atlas Power Shrugged and Mark Deadliest Lift are up there. But then it's you and Nico and people do like that, like that kind of theatricality almost, but also mm -hmm. the human element, because I think at the end of the day, I think sometimes competitors can forget that a part of it is like it's a show but it's also like an outlet for that of like i think like seeing your rant after the stones and stuff i think it's important to like get those things out there because i think oftentimes people kind of like hide the things that they're like bothered by and just kind of like let it fester whereas sometimes like having 
having it out there and just for the world, because some people are, will of course be like, Oh, like that's obnoxious or that's whatever, but it's like, it resonates with people. And I think definitely like a lot of our guests, like we talk to and everything we do like to talk to people who have been left out occasionally and everything. That's kind of like our thing of like, so I think it's, it's a good thing and people appreciate it. No, part of it, like Darren's told me of like, we've talked about it of like, you can't be everyone's cup of tea. And like, if you have really good flavor, some people aren't going to like that flavor. And that's better than being bland and just like, oh, I, have, I have good flavor. To be like. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, you do. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you. It's not going to be Andrew. There. Don't call it a comeback, Clayton. Now it is Andrew flavor. Clayton, that doesn't have as good of a ring to it, but it doesn't have as good of a ring to it. I know with you, John, I've, like the mental health side and stuff. And it's like, if someone's having like a mental health issue and they're using lifting is like, I don't want to say therapy, but basically therapy, it'd be better for them to compartmentalize that to a small portion of their day in the gym. And I definitely still kind of do that versus like dealing with that issue all the time. So, I mean, I don't want people to like rage out, listen to heavy metal and just like throw weights around the gym. I think at some point that is a little destructive, but you don't want to be a reckless uh, person that trains, right? You don't want to like hurt yourself maxing all the time because you got to get out. But I think if you can compartmentalize whatever issues you have into something that's constructive, but possibly like a little more intense, you know? So like, yeah, I get really intense when I train, I listen to certain music and stuff, but that's like two hours of the day. And then the rest of the day, I'm like a calm, like, uh, I think, uh, I told Donna, like, you know, obviously with her, I don't, I'm not with her, with her, I'm not the same way as I am like when I'm competing in the same way. Like when I work, like, you know, I do online coaching. So I have clients and like, they don't want to hear someone just like yell at them all the time. So I'm I'm a softer with them. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm considerate and compassionate. I understand the other life things they got to worry about. So I'm not like, what do you mean you skipped that meal? Are you not dedicated? It's like, Oh no, you have four kids and you work a full-time job and you do strongman as a hobby. Like, okay, well let's just get back on track on the next meal. You know, it's a different mindset. So I think if people are dealing with things and they can compartmentalize it to the gym, that's good. And for me, I compartmentalize it to a competition. Uh, I'm not saying like, I'm still not a little upset about it, but like, it's just not going to flow into my everyday life. I'm not going to bring it up throughout the day. I'm not going to let it affect how I do my work. Um, so yeah. And maybe, it, maybe it goes away a little bit, you know, maybe it's, you know, now that I've retired, I don't have to worry about it as much. Um, but if it still lingered as far as like my motivation to train, oh, well, it's like one or two hours of my day. It's a small portion of my overall existence. Um, don't don't uh, do any clips of that being professional therapy advice because it's not. <laughs> it's not um, professional you can bro, bio, science. Better help, and you can go to better help, and you can get potentially a better therapist or one that tells you some very conflicting stuff, and one way or another. But it's not gonna be me. <laughs> so, so you've mentioned retiring twice now. I, is that kind of a for sure thing? You're you're not going to continue. No, it, 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 it's retiring from the 105 class. Like every time I've seen it posted, they, they don't really understand. And no, I'm not necessarily moving to heavyweight. Basically, strongman was fun when I could just like eat and find a competition and go do it. Right. Yeah. You know, we didn't do any weight cuts. My first weight cut was actually 265. And it was just kind of like to win a local show when I was like 18 or 19, you know, because I was like 275, you know, just a, that's small, right? At 260, you know, that's 10, 12 pounds, whatever it ended up being. Um, but yeah, it's just not fun. Like I, I have to really focus on my diet. I can't get as strong. You know, I have other projects I'm doing around my house and, you know, with my business. So here I'm having to like do more work for a class I'm already kind of good at. And unfortunately, the money is kind of going up and down. Um, and it's not going to be more money than what I can make if I put that time and effort into my business or or other avenues. So uh, I think it's like a maturity move of focusing on other things. 
Uh, I don't think I'll ever be done with strongman. I think there's still some goals I have, uh, either personal goals or just experience type goals I want to do. Um, and then also I just kind of was tired of just, you know, there's like so many 105 shows. They say you got to do to be the best. And I, I think I pretty much said it. I mean, maybe I could have done America's Strongest Man, uh, but I've done America's Strongest Man. I've podiumed it twice. You know, I've podiumed every 105 show. I think I've told you the guys that before. I don't have a ton of 105 shows, but I have I, I have enough to have given people an opportunity to compete against me. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a maturity move and I got other things going on in my life. So, yeah, you know, that makes sense, because I think a lot of it um, of like our guest, Mark Deadliest Lift, talked about it because he's like we asked him, we we're like, you're insanely strong. Why don't you compete? He was like, I don't want to have to structure my life to compete. Yes. I enjoy lifting for fun. Like, yeah, I'd much rather it's, like it's not what I want to do. Like, I don't yeah. mind tire flip. Like, I own a tire, but like, I don't want to do tire flip. I, I don't want to drive to a gym three hours away to do an event. Like I own all this equipment. So like if I want to peak for something, if a local show two hours away is doing, I don't know, a max log and I feel like doing a max log, like let me do a max log. And with USS, I can still do it because I guess I'm not a pro, I don't know, whatever the, you know, a certain federation, I can still do it. So I'm not affecting my pro status. And then I could still, who knows, maybe some promoter overseas says, hey, man, we really like your draw, your pull. I still, I mean, even if I don't compete, I'll probably have an Instagram following. So who knows, maybe someone invites me to do something, but I'm not going to make it like training there's like 13 implements in Clash's show, or maybe more. I can't remember. I'm not going to train 13 implements to have fun. Like, that's yeah. not going to happen. So, yeah, that's kind of what my retirement was. That makes sense. Because I think there's, a, like you said, there's a lot of like focusing on your business and like growing that side of things. Because I think oftentimes, like, I mean, not you kind of said briefly described like competing as like a part of it is for you, but it does take up a lot of time and energy that like you could put towards your relationship and other things of, right. like maximizing those things. Cause like Donna's a wonderful person. So it's nice to like have that time. And yeah. Donna, what do you think of this retirement thing? What, what are your thoughts on it? Um, well, it's interesting for sure. And I think um, kind of is just a testament to, like you said, his maturity and, recognizing that um, there's so much more to his life that he wants to put mm -hmm. his time into. And um, like you said, for relationships for us too, it does kind of open up, you know, more doors for us and moving forward and things um, that we have planned for ourselves for the future. So um, I think um, it's overall a good thing. And I think, you know, we'll see where it goes, where it takes him. Well, everybody wants to leave on their own terms. Yeah. So I don't want to leave on an injury. Um, you know, I still like to do a heavyweight show, but also like you want to leave on a win. And that's why I was nervous the second after that deadlift event. I thought, <laughs> man, for a split second, I, I thought I could accept being on the podium. It was really hard. I wasn't gonna make the podium. I was like, man, I'm gonna have to lose to some people. And I was like trying to like mentally process that. So it was really a blessing that, I, you know, it's not all me. There's, you know, higher power and stuff, but it really was a blessing. It, it panned out how it did. And I've just, I've told her numerous times, like, I can't believe this manifests itself into what it was. Cause I mean, I told her exactly how I was going to do it. These are the events I'm going to win. This is what I'm going to do. I had a coach that said, yeah, you're like unbeatable. You're going to get this. And of course I'm like, no, I'm not unbeatable. These guys are really good. You know, I'm watching McKeegan pull freaking like 900 pounds. I'm like, geez, man, stop. You know, and then he's showing up already basically at weight. So I know he's not going to have a bad weight cut. Um, but I have a lot of respect, you know, I have a lot of respect for these guys. And uh, I didn't think it was going to be easy. So I'm just really glad I managed to pull it off and basically went, to the storyline that I had built up. And uh, um, yeah, so I'm really blessed by that. And I think I've kind of asked enough 
of God already. So, so I think I've already got a couple in a row. So I feel like- Don't want to press your luck. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I feel like I, I thought I might have been pressing my luck after winning OSG. I was like, man, you gave me 16.5, but I don't know, man, how many more points left do you guys to give me? So, uh, so yeah. No, I think that's, that's really good and everything. Cause overall, like it was a solid performance and I like that idea of like going out on your own terms yeah. and stuff rather than like just going and going until you literally just like break down and can't do it anymore right? and stuff. So I think overall it was a very impressive weekend and stuff. I always enjoy watching you perform and stuff. It was nice of like, <laughs> like you told me, you're like nice screen recording. Cause people always like, they're like, don't you have a nice computer? And you just like, Oh, record yeah, live streams uh, on your cell phone which was the one you recorded the me yelling at the stone or or was um, but the one the one afterwards that when you announced your retirement your right one yeah yeah that was I, I finally watched that myself we just watched it a couple hours ago I was, yeah i was like hopefully that's on the stream because i my family didn't record it i mean they knew i was going to do yeah. it i pretty much only told my family her um my coach <clears throat> And maybe like one or two close friends. So it was probably like less than like 12 people, well, about 12 to 15 people. Um, yeah. So I just want to make sure it was kind of a personal thing. Uh, but yeah, it happened how I wanted it to happen. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. And I think that's important of like, I mean, it's been great talking to you over the past few months about like the mental health stuff. Cause I think that is important of like being able to compartmentalize, but also kind of use that energy and yeah. stuff of like a lot of times I think people can like make one thing in their life kind of like their central focus and stuff whereas like you were saying like you're more than just a strong man because I think some people their whole identity is like I'm competitive and I compete yeah. and that's all I am well, my, like, Instagram, my Instagram kind of says that it says a former professional strong man and I'm trying to be a strong <laughs> space man and like I got that actually from Bo Jackson because he wanted to be he wanted to remember as a ball player not a football player, like just kind of like a general term. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like I'm trolling people because <laughs> I came back, and I, I've been professional, but that's still kind of like my goal is like, no one really cares. I'm a professional strongman. You know, if, if, if I'm a dick to someone, it's, they're going to think I'm a dick. And yeah, in the competition, I'm sure some people thought I was a dick. But like, <laughs> I mean, all the people I talk to, you know, when people come up like, Hey man, like, can I get a picture or like this or that? I try to be really polite. Um, you know, I, I know, and that's not because I'm like, try, okay, I shouldn't say trying. I am polite because it's who I am. Like, I'm going to be respectful and I understand that, you know, they want to see these, me as an athlete, like as a nice person, I'm not gonna be a victim, but like for interviews and stuff, I am playing a character and I'm also in the zone and understand that flow state takes a different type of, uh, uh, element of my personality. Um, so yeah, I can't reiterate that enough. Um, and I think, some of the other guys do a better job of being even keeled in the competition and in a, their own weird way. I told Dan, Dan has a really stoic type deal. And at one point I thought he was like kind of hurt. He had like ice on his quads and I was like, did he tear something? I didn't have enough time to know it was in the qualifiers, but yeah, like just how the way he walked out the stones and stuff, I, you know, he, he has a different type of mentality and I think it doesn't scare me, but I know now from competing twice with them that he's not going to look the way that I look when you're, I'm in the zone. I do have like a very, uh, just a breathing and I'm just like slowly building up. And then I have obviously the yelling, screaming, slapping the face. So I do kind of have a spectrum, but he has a very stoic approach to things. And I kind of thought, oh, whatever, he's not going to be able to handle my intensity. And obviously he did really well. He came close now twice. Um, he's gotten better because obviously the sandbag got improved. So basically I'm just complimenting. I'm basically saying like, I didn't think that someone could be <laughs> that even keeled and be a savage because uh, I always thought savage had to be a little bit more aggressive 
um, in some events. Uh, but yeah, I'm just giving him, you know, his credit, you know, to being a good competitor. And same with McKeegan, same with all the guys. I mean, a lot of guys didn't make the, I mean, guys got hurt, you know, Jesse Nelson, O'Connor, those like the, a lot of guys are just really good. Um, so again, overall, it was a blessing. I was able to cap, you know, my career with a win uh, because it could have gone another way. And obviously I had to wait another year to do clash and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Dan, 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 I, I, you know, this is the Andrew show, but I still want to give props to Dan because I love Dan. Yeah. I, I competed date with Dan for the first time in 2020 in uh, Waxahachie, Texas. At, uh, it was it was technically the Ronnie Coleman Classic, but it got moved because that got canceled because COVID. And and I actually beat Dan. It was it was uh, Justin Lloyd, me, and Dan on the podium. And in just a few years, Dan has Dan has really become a a powerful force to be reckoned with. And he's got he's got a lot of years left in him. And I think he's uh, he's going to do extraordinarily well in the future. Yep, he, he he's adapted really well. Uh, that's not taken away from him. He's adapted well to the the current strongman structure. So what I mean by that is like obviously we're not running heavy yokes as much. We're doing medleys. Is a faster paced show. Deadlift is a priority. Like he has a tremendous amount of work capacity on the deadlift from what I've seen from his training. High skill set, still staying athletic with you know being able to jump and run and stuff like that. Um, so he's adapted very well to the current structure of strongman. So if he keeps going in that way and he keeps adapting, which I think he's a very adaptable athlete. Uh, very consistent. I don't see why he's not going to be at the top. And that's why I said in the, in the interview with Liz, like it's only a matter of time for guys like Dan and Matt beat me. So uh, don't give them a chance. <laughs> don't, don't no delayed gratification there. <laughs> no, I think, and I like the, I liked Dan's honesty when um, he got interviewed by the woman at the podium thing. And he was like, yeah, no, it kind of sucks. Like it sucks to come so close and stuff. And I, it was nice seeing that like human moment because oftentimes yeah. people are like, "Oh, it's just nice to be here." And he was like, "No, it's this. It would be nice to win." I mean, I've been in the same boat. I mean, I've been off either off the podium or, you know, losing by a fraction of a point. I've lost by like, I mean, I've lost ten grand. So I mean, those things suck, and like they made me better, and then I end up beating the people that beat me. And, I, and now he won't have the opportunity, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be better for it. And you know, he's said things about like it hurts more to get second place than third because third you're just happy you're on the podium in second place you barely lost but i know for myself personally when i got one of my first or second times getting second place i was just ticked and i was like a man on a mission for like a year um so hopefully that's the same way he is it motivates him even more um and then he rises to the occasion and maybe he puts up a dominating performance where you know i only won by a point or half point whatever i, I still haven't seen the score sheet um and maybe he puts up something where he wins just big margin, you know, and that and, and I would feel really happy for him to, you know, win by a big margin and basically take what he essentially has been doing over and over and over, you know, be on the podium twice now um, at Clash. That makes sense. And too, like you said, you haven't seen the score rankings. I think you're you're retiring now. You're going to miss out when Strongman finally realizes the scores and points are important to have. Probably. Yeah, it, sure. yeah, in the live stream, right? In the there, live stream. There was a lot to be desired. There's a lot to be desired. And even on some of the coverage, like I understand there was a lot of change. Of, I'm not knocking the people that – so Tyra Purdue did a great job, very professional. The judges were very professional. You know, there were a couple – like even I – you know, Certain events, there's going to be calls that maybe, are, but they reviewed them. I was very impressed. I don't want. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but obviously a lot of things happened in the adjustment of people leaving, coming. I, I don't even know all the stuff. I'm not even going to get into it. The point is, it changed a little bit from what I perceived from seeing it 
as a fan viewer spectator whatever online and then being there um and yeah the stream left a little bit to be desired uh and um what was that thing i was gonna say i lost my train of thought uh the stream and oh and then some of the, the article coverage unfortunately i saw a major article being written and it was just they didn't do do due diligence in journalism and uh i was just a little ticked that they basically just said i barely won and this is only my fourth strongman victory and i just thought that was very like just hit me up on instagram you know so hopefully some things like that improve maybe it's just uh the people they have in in the clash circle are just really overworked trying to manage a lot of things uh but yeah seeing the show getting to do it um the organization the people handle like you know Corey Butler like was the heat manager for my heat and then also in the finals as well. And nice. so basically it's just her running and getting me. And like, obviously I'm like, I mean, I told her numerous times, like, please don't take my intensity. And like, I'm not yelling at you. Like, thank you so much for being patient with me. And never did she like yell at me or whatever. She treated me like a professional athlete. And I just thought, you know, they got five, five or six of those people plus all the volunteers. Plus, you know, everybody was just really helpful and wanting us to do well. And I think if that continues and there's more money and the stream gets better and, the cameras get better and the location potentially, you know, improve, you know, the, you know, the backdrop or, you know, those, those small things that make it better for the athlete and the viewer. I think it's going to improve. Um, I hope it goes on. I don't necessarily hope it rivals OSG. I know that's kind of become the theme is like OSG might lose some of its credibility because Clash is quote unquote, the 105 world strongest man. But for this year, we don't have to worry about that because they're shared by me. Um, that's <laughs> we don't have to worry about it this year. Um, but yeah. No, I think that's good and everything. I know we are coming up on an hour here and you guys are in Eastern Standard Time. So I yeah, know we're actually if, if I, time. Not, I have a couple questions and we could always wrote if, if you have. Oh, yeah. Time. No, we have time. I just want to. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we're not your guys' time. No, it's it's probably fine. Um, so we'll I have a couple questions, people. So. Uh, oh, well, of course, you know, someone's always got to ask are you natty? So uh, <laughs> Donna actually eats organic and natural and we went to sprout. So that's basically, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, already answered what's next. We already talked about the mindset after the deadlift. So I'm answering some of those. Um, one of the questions was like balancing uh, strength and endurance. I think that was something interesting with clash is a lot of guys. Uh, what I heard from other people was, um, how to change their training to handle you know going so quickly and i know donna heard some people talking about like if they only had five more minutes so it had a little bit more time and i worried coming from osg where it's like hours and hours and hours between events you know go up go back down go up um i think the pace was good uh i think it's just making sure you know being an athlete and strongman like you do some type of cardio some type of interval training and i i know i've watched your workouts darren and like you're basically doing crossfit now uh, <laughs> well, like that stuff, like, I, I think a lot of the guys there from what I heard from like the first, the second to the third year is they added cardio, added some intervals and they were able to handle the recovery a little better. Um, I still think having like a ridiculously high strength reserve is very helpful because nothing there was very heavy to me because of heavyweight weights, but the conditioning I did because I was scared I was going to be out of condition helped with that work capacity and recovery. Um, and I'm sure you can speak more on that since you, uh, obviously experienced it. Yeah, um, I think, you know, the, the older and more mature of an athlete I become, if you can even call me an athlete anymore because I don't really compete, but 
Uh, well, that's I, I haven't I haven't officially retired. I don't know what my future is yet, but um, I've definitely found that conditioning, um, not necessarily cardio, but high intensity training more regularly. Like I am not losing strength at all, and I'm giving my body an opportunity to to be healed and rested for more productive and higher quality uh, mm. weight training days, event days. Um, if I knew, you know, I don't know if this is really true. If I knew what I knew now, would I have done it different back then? I, I don't know, because there's there's so many things that change as an athlete is from being a beginner to an elite athlete as you age and everything changes so much. But I would really encourage strongman athletes, especially in the in the weight classes where there is more conditioning um, if, events like the I mean, you're doing back to shoulder, you're doing uh, medleys and everything like that, that you're, you're going to find yourself in a better position, in my opinion, um, putting more time into becoming a more well-rounded athlete. You don't need to train the events in my opinion, like this is me personally training the events every single day because you're at an elite level because you have already conquered those the form right i mean there's always little tweaks you can do right but but as a newbie you know you need to train those events constantly because you need to learn how to do them as you become a more elite athlete you can you need to spend less time training the events and more time becoming uh, a conditioned athletic individual right strength of course that reserve that you said is very very important so the strength as aspect has got to be an integral part of your training but it doesn't need to be every single day right well, I just think I work backwards because starting from heavyweight, I obviously already have the ceiling. And then a lot of the events are still lighter than my max, like other than the deadlift. So that's really the only thing I had to push up was my deadlift for, you know, 105. Um, I think I think to juxtapose your opinion on that, I think the the hit stuff is good if you can handle the abuse like to the joints. Like I feel like for my knee and stuff, it just wasn't as as productive. I think the biggest thing for Clash, and I think a lot of guys caught on this, was like getting used to doing the events like, fairly quickly like you know don't take forever to set your next event up um so like i had my training partner help and so we did arm over arm in a parking lot took a little while to clean up then we came home we already had the sandbags out ran the sandbag run a couple times and then immediately put we already had the stone set up immediately put the tape on and ran the stone and that gave me a lot of confidence for the finals because essentially it wasn't arm over arm but it essentially was like boom 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 um and then man doing spin bike and walking i just still think it's just like just do that crap out there every workout or you know and just stay moving i did intervals like once a week uh i think the the thing i debate on that with the, like the speed is like the lack of like skill acquisition because some of the guys like are still relatively new and they're training for clash type pace so eight ten minutes rest and they're not acquiring the skill so keg toss is a high skill event so like i did train the deadlift and then basically just take off my belts and like pull my sleeves down and put my shoes on and i have a I would keg toss in my backyard one keg and I would try to hit like the first rep I tried to hit and maybe do like every minute on the minute for eight to 10 minutes. Um, but I still recognize that I had fatigue from the deadlift. So some weeks I was on, some weeks I wasn't, but it's a skill event in my, in my mind. Yes. You're going to be moving a fast nice. show, but hopefully you can get your heart rate down in five minutes. So it shouldn't be a big issue. Uh, but yeah, that's my debate with some of the training I, I saw for clash was too much volume uh, too much focus on like minimum rest and not as much high quality top sets or skill work. So I don't care if you do a 250 log for five sets of five, 
if I can one motion a 300 log in the medley, I'm saving a lot more energy than you. And if I can do it perfectly, I'm going to win. And that one motion is going to carry over to loading events, which we already said, there's three extension events in the, in the, in the finals. Um, so yeah, there's, I, I watched some of my training partners training and they're in a different training age. So they're probably handling more volume. Maybe they're recovering faster between sessions. Uh, but I do think it's not as big of a difference between clash and say OSG or normal shows. People think, uh, it's just don't be a slouch on like the steady state cardio or maybe moving between events or maybe occasionally doing an event day that's like half the competition events, right? Do three of them in a row, same pace, and then do some accessory. Like you said, do some athletic movements, box jumps, lateral movements, twist, things like that. Things that some people might argue as junk volume, uh, but they're low enough intensity that you're not going to be trashed from them. Because doing a yoke walk every week would be ridiculous, but doing a couple like lateral <clears throat> movements to work your adductors, I mean – once you do them, you're conditioned to them. And like I did uh, like adductor slides or whatever. So <clears throat> post-act squat, but like sliding it out and then sliding it back in. So like I was kind of ready for like on the sumo in case we slipped on the platform. Like I'm I'm going to like not tear something. Yeah. I just tore my lat instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I, you know, I mean, you're clearly a much more uh, accomplished athlete than I, than I am, but um I think I think uh, putting structuring your training in, in in a way you like you said the things that are less impactful and and less stress on your body you can do more regularly throwing that technique stuff you can do that multiple times a week doing yoke like multiple times heavy heavy time heavy yoke even week to week to week is so incredibly um, taxing on your CNS again at the elite level you should un ha understand the mechanics well enough where you don't need to train that stuff as often that's right. you know just my kind of opinion and i've actually found myself the less i train yoke the better i do at it in competition and that's why i alternated yoke as being like high quality session so more rest yeah. between the sets exactly. more speed with like conditioning where i like tried to do all the working sets up until the top weight which is still not maximum it's sub-maximal when i do 105 and try to do it quickly. So alternate that. So some weeks I was working conditioning like a show, like not a lot yeah. of rest. We're going to go, go, go. And the next week I'm like focusing on the start or focusing on the speed through the center of the, you know, 50 feet or whatever, or doing a drill, like having the band pull me backwards a little bit. Um, so I think again, yes, yeah, it's, it's quality. Over quality over quantity, man. Every day. Yeah. yeah. And I like the fact that you mentioned of like the value of like walking and doing more low impact, steady state cardio type things because i think people oftentimes put too much value on like the hit training and it's like it's good but like most people can do full intensity for 20 seconds and stuff whereas i think sometimes like creating that like generalized work capacity and more long flow things of like because you can see some people that once the events get going and stuff if something's taking too long yeah they're just never like, falling down. apart yeah, yeah. So I think the I think that's an interesting thing you brought up because I think um, when Nick Myers was on the show he talked about like very much focusing on like work capacity and like being able to like turn it on turn it off but be able to keep going if need be rather than like right. always like if you're on 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 it's like the idea we talked about of like you don't want to use ammonia every set you do 
and you don't want to do high intensity training all the time because like it is hard on your joints wait wait wait. so i'm not supposed to have her slap me for every set i do <laughs> i was gonna ask i was like how often from warm-up to, to yeah, warm up, you know, <laughs> like from 135 up to six or seven points that would be a funny reel to do like the people who do those transitions where it's like when the bar gets to the top another play like yeah, yeah. do that but like right before every lift just a slap and then another plate appears my face would be so swollen it is the yeah. <laughs> it's like those russian slapping competitions yeah you see at the end where they're like their faces look awful and it's like for a week or something but yeah, now that no. you're retired you could maybe explore that like you have slap tolerance <laughs> and you can go and do it at the you, you already got a little bit of experience so <laughs> well how much does it pay it might pay more no i'm just kidding <laughs> i mean i think some pay like 10 grand depending on where you do it mm. <laughs> like some pay like a stupid amount because then there's the people that's betting so there's like secret pools of money i think I, the most i've seen someone win was like 50 grand off one slapping thing but you also like you might get severe brain damage yeah, <laughs> but John, I already being strong man, so <laughs> already brain damaged. <laughs> yeah, but did you have other questions from your people or anything? Uh, it, uh, honestly, the endurance one was probably the best one. They asked what the weights were. Um, most of the weights were the same, like at Clash. Like I think they asked what the log press was. So it was a three hundred pound log. Um, I don't know if that's because people, you know, maybe some people missed it or just it was tough. I think the big dog log is very unique. Uh, and people just weren't expecting that. Um, they were obviously confused with my retirement. That was one of the the themes was just, are you done heavyweight next? So we, I think we answered that. So overall, most of the questions uh, are answered. Um, so yeah, if you guys have any more, uh, let me know. Um, I don't think we had anything else or anything else for Donna with uh, her background of uh, how much of a mess I am when I'm not competing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask what. So what's what's Andrew like not competing? Like once competition's over, like what? How what's your dynamic like? How's he like just relaxing? Like the philosopher he describes of just reading and walking. He's it's interesting. You wouldn't expect he's really sweet. He's just like a softy. He probably doesn't want me to say that. <laughs> His eyes just went. <laughs> yeah. I'm, losing, I'm losing credibility. He cooks me losing credibility. He like we go. We went to the art museum today. Like he's very different. Like probably the complete opposite of what you think. And even when we met, like I was like kind of. I thought you know he's this intense person too, and then he has just a softer side of. Um, of himself that you know we we read we like to talk about books like we read and um oh yeah this whole bookshelf back here so um he has a lot of different like aspects to himself that are outside of strongman that are kind of what we bonded over um nice. yeah what's the most recent book you that of you have read or we've i've been slacking i've been slacking john yeah. it's, it's, okay it's, i was gonna ask uh, <laughs> our, my book club is reading one about like uh, World War II, like Hitler, something uh, as an audio book. Uh, the last one, I think I finished. Shoot, I'm like losing my train of thought. Uh, it was the one on um, uh, the family that created Oxycontin. Um, oh, the Sacklers. Yeah, Sacklers. So that was really interesting. Um, it's ever since I moved in my new house, I've been slacking on on, on reading, but uh, obviously I consume like other content and stuff. But yeah, all the psychology stuff is always always fun to read 
uh, and uh, like mindfulness and things like that. Um, we started the four agreements. Oh, I yeah. recommended we each recommended a book for each other. So I, one of my favorite books is the four agreements. And then mm -hmm. he gave me, it's when breath becomes yeah. air. Yeah, when breath becomes air, which yeah. is a neurosurgeon that gets cancer. Well, it's, it's just, I don't know why I gave her one that would make her cry. That was a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it really kind of started reading it. I'm like, this is a really sad book. Well, it was like that or like, uh, and man search for meaning is another one that like makes you cry. Victor Frankel. Um, so yeah. they were kind of like in the same realm. But I was thinking of just books that were like really good that everybody can relate to. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we like to read books and stuff together. Um, I think one thing she didn't point out was like, uh, I, I kind of alluded to it, you know, I didn't really want to like compete on the second day. And uh, I just kind of like <laughs> laid on my bed till, I mean, we got it probably like eight o'clock. I ate. Uh, I didn't leave the hotel room. I didn't feel like it. I just like laid on my bed until like probably like 10 30 and then I took like a hot shower to like get back and ate again. And then you know, took a hot shower, try to get, you know, kind of warmed up. But I mean, she saw more of like, uh, just like me not being motivated and stuff, which is hard because like you want to be that person that's always like intense and stuff. Um, and then just helping me deal with like some personal stuff that, you know, kind of came up, uh, you know, throughout the weekend. Uh, you know, it's, it's just nice to have someone that understands that. Um, but yeah, I, I told her, you know, uh, it's kind of a lot like, because somebody said I was like MJ, I kind of used that. I'm sure you guys saw on Instagram, I posted <laughs> post of MJ, thank God I won. Okay, that's a pretty <laughs> funny thing to do. Um, I got his photo about not taking it personally on my wall. So she said I had to take it down because I can't be that uh, that bitter or whatever anymore. So well, it's one of the four agreements. And yeah. The, Why the four agreements? Anything, don't take anything personally. It's the third one. So I made sure I only read up to two. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, one of the things that they said about MJ, like, not that I'm like super popular, but like, you know, he was, when he left his hotel room, he was bombarded by media all the time. And he has to be freaking Michael Jordan all the time. And not that I felt like that in a hotel where like only my competitors knew me. But again, when you're walking in a room, you want to be. You know, I'm Andrew Clayton, the guy that just won OSG. I'm Andrew Clayton, the guy that like has said numerous times, like you should have invited me. I'm Andrew Clayton, the guy that has like not invited, huh? On his mirror for the last like four months because I every day I wake up, I'm like, yeah, you didn't invite me. I'm going to win. Uh, so it's really hard to like uh, have the energy to do it all the time. So like in the hotel room, I'm just like, Andrew is not motivated time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to get motivated, but I obviously was really motivated to have her there. It was really, when I got hurt, it was a uh, big motivation have her there because uh, i told her i was gonna win and that would be pretty crappy of me to like not follow through on my word because one of the agreements is being what you be impeccable with be impeccable word. with your words so <laughs> i kind of said more than once i was gonna win so uh yeah <laughs> oh, i think that's really good and everything i like that yeah i'll have to read the four agreements and yeah then the really sacklers if you have time dope sick on hulu about the I, Sackler family i heard about Something that amazing when I was reading the book, I had numerous people tell me, I'm like, well, I don't want to watch the documentary and then not be motivated to read. I've got back, I'm starting to go to audio books. It's just, it's just hard oh, yeah. to like pay attention. And then you can, you can, you can move them up to like 1.3 speed. So you end up basically <laughs> listening faster than you can read almost. Um, so yeah. That makes sense. No, it sounds like it's, it's good and everything. Darren, do you have any closing thoughts or anything? No, man. It was really wonderful having you both on. Wonderful meeting you, Donna. Um, yeah, no. Very happy for both of you. Dude, congratulations again, Clayton. Or Andrew. I told you about your last name. <laughs> we did one Claiborne. 
Because they call me Claymore on the stream, and I love Wesley. And his wife said I'm basically part of the family. I had to honor the family, and that's fine. They're on my fridge right now. But like, man, I they call me different names. They call me Andrew Andrew Candy when I won World. <laughs> Andrew Candy, <laughs> Andrew Claiborne. Am I just like a like a a hybrid of like Camby, Andrew Clayton, and Claiborne? It's just one. It's just a, uh, just a invincible athlete, you know. I'm, You're I'm by Taco Bell or I'm like the Italian stallion at the same time, but I'm also a dick like Andrew. So it's like all those things at once. So uh, that's hilarious, man. Did. Nobody can pronounce my last name either. Uh, year one, uh, <laughs> Furman got my name wrong. And so year two, he started off wrong. So I coached him for like 10 minutes on how to like say my last name. We went live all wrong. Couldn't say it. So, <laughs> and you took it personally, right? No, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I do think I I think there's a um, there's definitely a sign of respect when you are able. Like for me, when I talk to people, I want to know that I get their names right um, yeah. when I'm talking about them or whatever. Because for me, it's like a sign of respect. But yeah, at the end of the day, I don't take it too personally because my name is no. It, it doesn't it look like it doesn't sound like anything that it looks so. It was a small typo, and I'm sure they typed his name in some Word document, so autocorrected. And so I'm sure Wallace just had the wrong sheet in front of him. But it was just funny when I listened to it because I'm like, I know he's see seen my name before. So it was probably a little slip on the stream. But, yeah, it was just funny. Yeah, <laughs> it, ha it happens, man. But, yeah. again, yeah, congratulations once again. I'm sad to see you retire, but I, I look forward to uh, what, what comes next. What's that for 105? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank yeah, you. I just, it's always it's always yeah. a great time, man. Thank you, Donna. And by the way, before we quit recording, I just need to briefly mention the fact that we finally have shirts and Ooh, banners. Yeah, and then here's I got the, the banner. I don't have the full banner wall. I have all the banners from you know some companies I support and stuff. Oh, what's on the back? What's it say? The strong it man says the strongman industrial complex. Because <laughs> Atlas coined that. Briefly, because he was like, he claims that we're a part of the strongman industrial complex. We have some other great ones like powered by peanut butter. But you were the one of the first people to get a banner. I know, I know, so and I, I don't have it hung up yet because I'm not done organizing my garage with all the banners. Because I, I, I want to put them in like one big like sheet so I can yeah. like roll it up and just drop it down and continue to open my garage door. Um, but yeah, I just haven't got all the banners I need and like you know figured out which ones need to go in what order. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's in my office right now. So nice. But yeah, thanks for you both coming on. This is really great. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, guys. Support us on Patreon or Anchor and find us on Instagram or Facebook.